Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's, and we're here with one of our besties. Uh, David Wardy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dr. Nick. And, and David Wardy has recently shaved his beard and has left me on my solo beard mission. I'll, I'll be back right with you, man. I'm telling you, it takes me like two weeks and I'll literally catch up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. Well, it's a sign that you're taking care of yourself, obviously. I guess so. It just comes out everywhere, man. I got a manscape like every six weeks. Sometimes you just got to hit the face too. I just get to that stage where I'm just like scratching it all day. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to shave it. And then yeah. like, honestly, within three weeks, I'll be caught up. So you guys are lucky you can even grow a beard. <laughs> See? See, I'm telling you that blessing. I and got that. I got the, the disconnect of the mustache and the, and the beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all beautiful though. Yeah. Hey, look, but but Nick, you look like a mountain man. I'm I'm, I'm digging it, buddy. Yeah. How's Sonia liking it? She's not. She's not. Just keep rubbing it on her face when you give her kisses. Yeah, she, <laughs> she backs away and she lets me know. You know, all, all all your wives or your girlfriends or whatever you know, whatever all they have to do is give that look. That look that yeah, it's just don't get too close. Yeah. You, you know, Clarissa doesn't like me shaved. She likes the oh, beard. Really? Yeah, she gets kind of irritated when I shave it. She's like, "Grow your beard back. You look weird." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny. It's just everyone's got a different taste, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into some cool stuff. Uh, we'll probably leave the beard conversation for now because it's a it's an interesting one. It's fun to come back to. Uh, but we've got an amazing guest, a dear friend, uh, Lance Sios, and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about him, uh, on my story with him. Lance, uh, Lance and I became buddies after he ventured into our clinic and got a chance to get to know him. And this this guy is someone who's willing to just put everything in. Like he, you, he, there's no like half-ass doing anything with Lance. He he goes in, he dives deep, and he's really passionate about changing the world and, and he's got an amazing podcast and a few incredible online businesses that he's been running over the number last number of years. And he's got a great story. So his podcast is called university of adversity. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. He's getting some like phenomenal guests, like previous professional football players and different, different athletes to, to movers and shakers in this world. And, and it's amazing to see, Lance just grow and and uh, just reach all these people he's reaching. So, and David, obviously, you had a chance to meet him at men's camp. Uh, a lot of our conversations seem to come back there, but there's some amazing people that come to men's camp. What can we say? Oh yeah, Lance is definitely a three percenter man. So all wow. things true that you're speaking, and just really getting looking forward for today, man, just to getting to connect with them again because we did get to chat quite a bit at men's camp, and that was I was grateful for that man. But yeah, I mean, he's got a great story. And uh, he is doing amazing things. And let's get into it, man. Let's just kind of take us down that path, Lance. Oh, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. I'm honored to be able to join you guys and uh, connect with you again. And um, Dr. Nick, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy coming into that clinic, how much has changed and how much you impacted my life. And 
so much has happened since then and it's just it's amazing so now we're here so i i appreciate it guys um yeah my story is a bit a bit a bit of a crazy one um i was a hockey player pretty much my whole life I was chasing that dream um i had a pretty rough teenage years you know with my dad and step moms and you know marrying someone with four kids and it was just a absolute gong show and i just went down a bit of a down of a bit of a emotional roller coaster which kind of took me off focus of hockey and into more booze and drinking and partying which we all do you know everybody goes through that but i was i was just i was just lost i was a lost soul for a while i didn't realize i was and so my hockey career ended and i kind of found something that allowed me to kind of hide from myself which was drinking and working in bars and restaurants which i loved i had greatest times of my life but some of the worst darkest moments which it, but it allowed me to travel it allowed me to do a lot of fun things connect with amazing people so it wasn't all bad but that road had a shelf life and you know i during that time lost two you know very you know close people in my life my younger brother which we lost to suicide and my dad to cancer in a very short period of time um and it was a real it was, it was obviously emotional but um it was something that impacted me i don't want to say it had to happen but it almost did for me to sort of change and want to go on to create something of impact in in people's lives so i wanted i had got i decided to sort of leave the bar industry and get into something more independent so i got into direct selling and in mar online marketing and facebook ads and stuff like that but i never felt like that was really tapping into an area that was fulfilling and although you know i believed in what i was doing i was competing with a lot of people and a lot of noise so i decided what if i start a podcast and what if i share my story and what if i allow others to do the same then they could get to know me they can get to know what i'm up to which potentially help my business but what i learned was that this became the business this became the thing and it became this thing that i realized that my purpose is to connect with people i love connecting and i learned that in the bars i learned that through many years of having people come up to the bar and and i always wondered what did i like about bartending and it was the people is the connection so now podcasting has allowed me to kind of break through the shells and connect with people and share their stories and for me it feels good and it adds value and that's kind of how this podcast has evolved and i've been blessed to be able to connect with human beings that i would never get to connect with if you were to ask them hey do you mind having an hour to to just have a conversation with me they'd be like no <laughs> you know and it's 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 just been amazing and i'm just so grateful for the journey and is it hasn't always been easy but it's been it's been super rewarding so now you know here we are and it's kind of it's kind of the cole's notes version of the story <laughs> that's awesome man i mean what i'm curious like obviously you've been through some heavy stuff stuff that a lot of us don't have to go through especially with you know losing a brother to suicide and you know it's it's no it's no it wouldn't be any sort of surprise that someone could spiral down into just you know a dark state and really not come out of that and uh, a lot of your messaging is around pulling through adversity so 
can you dive into a little bit more about you know why that word is so important to you and and uh, why you named it that your your podcast University of Diversity and maybe speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's I um that word just came into my mind. I don't know. I was, I was sitting in Australia, and I'd initially that word. I don't know what it was, but it was just I I, I was playing with that word, and I just it it just represented what was happening, and. I started to understand that although, you know, I lost people in my family, you know, me and my bro younger brother weren't very close, but I was planning on reconnecting and, and me and my dad were close. And I guess out of that, um, yeah, ad adversity was just kind of the word that, that, that came to my, came to my mind. And I just realized that I needed that to happen. I like, I needed to go through that. And my perspective on it changed. Instead of me fearing it, I've now realized that it was actually a blessing. And it's actually my friend. It's, my, it's become an ally to me. And I realized that through the podcast as well and sharing these stories is most, a lot of people are the same. A lot of people realize that this is, this, these things have to happen to you. These, and the adversity is just the perfect word to realize that it's, it's not actually a bad thing and it's actually helping you grow. And although we don't wish people to go through these things, you don't want people to do, but you almost know that they're going to have to go through them some way or another. And yeah, that's kind of why. And I thought a place where we could come together, almost like a school, you know, I really liked Lewis Howe's School of Greatness, which was cool. And I was like, I like that concept. I want to do something different or sort of around that. And University of Adversity, the words worked. And it's kind of like a place where you come and learn and change your perspective on it. And that's kind of, yeah. And it's it sort of just flown into, it kind of like flowed into what it is. So um, yeah, it's that realization that I really believe everybody needs to go through it. Some, some have to go through more to learn the lesson. Some have to go through less to learn the lesson. Right. And yeah, that's kind of how it's, how it happened. Well, it's crazy. You see those degrees of like you're saying, like people, some people will hit rock bottom. Like you hear that a lot, right? Before they finally like wake up and their life starts to change. And it's, it's so varying, man. I mean, some people, their rock bottom is like, it's bad before they finally have that awakening of like, oh my God, like I need to get my, my life together or whatever it may be. And then you see the other side of it, right? These people hit the rock bottom and they never make their way back. You know, yeah. I think that's kind of something, you know, you've had a lot of guests on your podcast, Lance, and you've probably heard amazing stories from some very, very successful people that have had just crazy things happen in their life. Um, so you're in this dark place, right? And you had this like epiphany moment and you just made a choice, came down to a choice like in a split second, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it was. It was just... I, I think a lot of it was kind of getting rid of toxic habits too that, you know, that really clouded my judgment, really clouded how I felt. And when you pull those things away, you start to, I start to realize, oh, wow, like I'm not digging myself out of a hole here. I'm just building on the foundation now, you know, because when you're in that, when you're in that loop of drinking and partying, it's like you're constantly digging yourself out of holes all the time. And I got tired of digging out of holes. I was tired of making mistakes. I was tired of always being that person that was like, I always knew in my head, oh, when am I going to mess up? When, when is somebody going to get the upper hand on me? And that was like how I was programmed. And when you eliminate, I was actually running a bar completely sober at the Four Seasons in Sydney. 
when you eliminate that from the equation, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I don't have that as like a, a thing anymore. So I could just constantly build and and I would almost in the beginning, I was like, well, when am I going to make a mistake so that, so that somebody, like I, I had this crazy thing from just always making mistakes. So when you eliminate those toxic habits, and for me, it was booze for a, a whole year there, it really opened up clarity so that I could actually decide that bar, bars isn't for me anymore, you know? And, and that was kind of like the breakthrough moment. It, was, it, was, it wasn't like it was an overnight thing. It was just sort of slowly... It's like, okay, it's almost like eliminating the inflammation from my life, so to speak, like you guys talk about, right? Like, I was just like, and I was like, oh, okay, I can actually see now, you know? So, well, what's interesting is, I mean, these are conversations we have with patients all the time, just discussing, you know, in order to move into a state of health, you know, whether you're mind, body, soul, whatever it is, you have to focus on subtraction, you know, getting rid of things that are causing more trauma in your life. And, you know, so many people are tied to the alcohol because it's, you know, they feel a different version of themselves. It's an altered state and, and you, you feel like you can kind of get away with stuff a little bit and you, there's a somewhat sense of freedom. But in, in fact, it's, it's a prison. You get stuck in this, you know, preferred sense of reality where you think that you operate more effectively or more socially or whatever it is, but it, it becomes a massive Achilles heel for, for, for everyone who, who gets stuck in it. And, you know, I was there when I was younger. I'm not, David, I'm sure you were there to, at some degree as well. And it's, it feels like a safety as a, as a way to connect with people. But in reality, it's just a massive disconnect from yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I love how you said that. It's like, it's like the, the inflammation in life that, that you need to get rid of. It's, it's so true. Yeah. And, and, and because of our society too, it's like, they don't make it easy for people. It's, it's incorporate. it's in our culture everywhere you go. Like, Nick, we've talked about this, you know, you, you, you go, you, you, everywhere you go, it's like, oh, you're drinking, you're drinking, got a drink, you got a drink, got a beer, watch a sports. It's like, whoa, like it's, 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 it's really tough for people to, to get away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I found like, I enjoyed it too, you know, like it was, it's a lot of fun. It's a social lubricant, mm-hmm. but when you take it away and you realize you're like, wow, that is, that is this craziness when you step away and, and when you can look outside of it and see how people are acting and see how you acting, how you acted. It's like, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's a realization that for me at the time, what I needed. And I think a lot of people just get caught in that loop consistently go work all hard all week, punish your bodies and work all hard all week to try and get to that spot again. And you feel good. And it's a self-sabotage. You want to self-sabotage yourself, right? You feel great. Oh, I'm great. Let's go poison our bodies and then get back to that low state again. Yeah. Right, like it's 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 crazy. Yeah, and it feels like you know for for a lot of people that 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 low state just tends to linger. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was fine for a period of time, but you know, you can bounce back relatively easily. But you know, people that's where uh, partly where people I think get stuck in their narrative and their story of just dysfunctional behavior and patterning and using crutches like alcohol to you know to serve serve a role that basically where they're not looking within and and looking for answers and so it's interesting you speak on this because you know you could replace alcohol with sugar or a pain medication or something else where people are stuck onto and they just can't see another version of, of potential for them so why do you think 
this this word adversity and 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 why do you think that so many people get stuck in their story like why why do you think that people can't or having a difficult time reframing this word adversity and and relating to life's challenges differently yeah i love this i love talking about this because it's it's such a it's such a important topic is that we get so married to this we get put in these boxes and these personas and then we're stuck in them and you know, we, we almost get addicted to that feeling of being that almost you want, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes you get sympathy through this thing and you get, you get, people get stuck and they, they say they want to get out of it, but they don't actually. And they get addicted to that, that, that chemical cocktail or that feeling. And it's, it's, it's bizarre and it blows my mind. And I just think it does take a lot for people to get out of those things. It does take a lot of discomfort, right? because you're not getting those hits of the same feeling. And I just think people, yeah, people get stuck in their stories. And, and for myself, you know, I know I'm not my story. I use it as a thing as like, that's where it got me here, but I'm not that person anymore, you know? And mm -hmm. I think people sometimes, we get to box in these, these, these things. And, you know, for me, I was the hockey guy. Then I was the bartender guy. Then I was the, you know, whatever guy putting Facebook ads up guy, you know, like, mm -hmm. You know, and then the direct selling, selling water, like water filters and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I like, I didn't even, so you just, people get grouped into these boxes and I just feel like people get almost addicted to those boxes. And yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough. And, and sometimes I think that they almost say they, they want to, they want to get out, but they, they're addicted to that. And they're addicted to all the things that align with that thing as well, right? The actions that align with it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a challenge for sure. You know, I think identity plays a massive role in that, you know, and this, I mean, you guys might agree with me here. So the twenties are rough, right? When you hit your twenties, yeah, 20 to 30, those are some interesting times yeah. because I think growing up culture, our parents, we have a lot of things in doctrine about who we are. And it's not us making those choices. Yeah, I think a lot of that is adopting maybe what our parents wanted us to be or, mm -hmm. you know, school teachers or coaches. Like you were a hockey player, right? I was a football and a baseball player. So you create this picture and this identity of who you are. And then when that all ends, you get out of high school or maybe you're lucky to play college ball or other things are going on. And then all of a sudden that stuff's dissipating from your life and you're like, okay, yeah. so now who am I? Yeah. And so then you hit this next chapter of your life and like you're saying, well, how do we deal with it? Well, a lot of us dealt with it by partying and, and just, you know, heading down another road of ignoring the fact that we need to look inward, right? To try to yes. find that growth in ourselves. But we, we kind of hit this idol and that's how we deal with it. We just kind of get into these addictions and all these things because we don't know what that is. Yeah. And I think we all have that aha moment one day when we're living in that and we're like, okay, this isn't me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what am I? And then we go searching for it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it played out for me in my life. I don't know. I mean, you guys could probably add to that, but I think that the identity piece is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, it's, it's a good sort of, it's, I mean, what you're doing, Lance, you're, you're sharing people's story on, through, through the platform of podcasting and giving people a voice that maybe aren't expressing themselves and, and you find their stories unique. So 
how do you, what's the best way that you've found to start to flesh out some of these stories with the people that, that, that you interview? Um, I, mean, I think you have a natural gift for just allowing conversations to birth, but um, what, what do you see as the, the value there? Uh, yeah, I just, I, I love connecting with people. I, I just, I guess it's just so many years of, of working in a bar and having to like have these people come and judge you. And I've had that feeling so many times and I've been able to deal with it. So now when I have, I just, I love it. It gives me a high. I love connecting. I love finding out about people. I love like knowing that I can see that they're comfortable. I can see that we're, you know, sometimes it's a little nervous in the beginning and then you can just see it flowing. You can just, I don't know what it is. I just, that's why I love the video aspect of it too is that I need the video. I don't, I don't have the, as good as um, my conversations aren't as good when they're just audio because I, I need to connect. I need to, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's just being able to find the common thing, being able to, I enjoy finding a common interest or something in there that you can connect with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really just basic relationships in anything in life, right? Yeah. Even in sales. Yeah connecting with somebody, finding that common interest and, and, and connecting on a way that's allowing, you know, energies to flow. And that's what I love is the feeding of energies. Well, I think I, for, in the time I've gotten to know you, you have a genuine curiosity for people, right? And, and it comes across very authentically. And I think that allows you to flesh out some amazing stories that, that, that you've gone into. So what are, like, what are some common themes that you think that you see in people that that have gone through adversity and basically it were, were able to reframe it and, and be able to, you know, make it part of their life's purpose. So like, what are some of those levels of awareness you think that people go through? I, yeah. And I, I've realized everybody's so similar. Everybody's it's, it's, it's just this single, it's just this formula that people, I feel like people have to hit some sort of, thing in their life to have them have a realization you know some every majority of people or even let's say pro athletes who have played pro sports and then they're still not fulfilled they're like they they talked about we only see when they show up on sundays we don't see the, the you know the bs behind the scenes and it's a real perspective shift that now that they're done sports it's like they're they're happy now and how does that's crazy when you think about it mm-hmm. right so it's it's just whatever they need to go through to hit a point of i don't know whether it be pain or dissatisfaction i don't know but i feel everybody has to hit something for them to change maybe they'll get to the point where our younger generation won't need that and some people don't have to hit these massive points. Some people are, are, are able to pivot when they need to, but most aren't, I find. You know, that's most need to really face this, face these challenges in order to get the growth they need to go on to become successful. Or once they're successful, they realize that's not so hot either. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting, really interesting. Well, as I say, I think it kind of goes back to what David was saying too, just with that that change in identity. You know, it's like when you're when your football career is over, you know, whatever professional sport or university, or whatever, you you eventually have to redefine who you are and you know what what makes you happy, what makes you tick, and 
And maybe just part of that discovery, because imagine for these football players, they're probably, they're probably, or any professional athlete, they've been playing since they're like three, four, five years old. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time they retire, they're in their 30s maybe. That's a long time for programming a state of being, right? Yeah. And that can feel confining. I mean, yeah. how can it not? That, right? that was the way I felt when I played hockey too, is that I was my, I, you know, I eat, I ate, I breathed and slept it. And then when it ends, that's why so many people go off the deep end, especially at an age like 20 when you, that's all, you know, and then you, you, you've been sheltered from this other life and all of a sudden you just go wild. You're happy, but then you realize your career's over. And that's why I went down such a crazy and, and if each person's journey when they've sports ends is different. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, I did steroids. It screwed my entire career up. I went into my last year junior. I did a big cycle of steroids, went in too heavy, and then I knew that I messed it up myself. That's why it was really bad, right? And I felt I left every, let everybody down. So that's part of it. But, I mean, yeah, I think everybody's, um, depending on where they're at in their life is kind of the lesson that they learn, right? So, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I just want to add to that. Like, I remember when I finished playing, I played a little bit of college ball, and I remember when I was leaving that to go to grad school and become a chiropractor, it was like this big transitioning of once it was over, I looked back on it and I said, did I like really want to be a football player and do all these things? Or did I just get so caught up in that from the time I was a kid that I had nothing else. So I just stick, I stuck with what was, was very native to me. Right. What just made sense in my life. And then now that I'm, I'm further and further away from that, I realized like, you know, looking back, if I didn't have the influence that I had in my life, I don't think I maybe would have been an athlete like I was, or maybe it wasn't football. Maybe it would have been some other sports. So it makes you, it kind of freaks you out a little bit. You start to realize how much the influences in your environment have on you. And are you really being true to who you really are? Or are you going to have to wait till you hit your thirties one day to find that out? Yeah, I think, and then you see a lot of people that like you're saying, Lance and Nick, that they never can get past that identity. I mean, I, I, I run into guys I played high school with and they're still talking about high school football and acting like they're still playing. And I'm like, dude, like, did anything else happen in your life that you could move to from there? Or same with some of these guys that played college ball. Like they haven't moved past that identity yeah. and it's been like a decade mm-hmm. yeah. or longer than a decade. It's been like almost 20 years and they're still living that identity. And it's like, dude, that part of your life is over. It was great. You can remember it, but like it's time to grow and and onto something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's also as well, like you said, it's, it's, or this is fascinating too, because as kids, you just do what your parents are doing that what they want you to do. You don't have control for me. My dad didn't, he wanted, he grew up in BC. We were, I was born in Edmonton, which is like a freezing cold place in Canada. And he wanted me to play hockey and, and I just played it because he, and I, I loved it, but you wonder what, like, if you were just to say to your kids, like, Hey, just try things and see what you, I mean, as a parent, I'm not a parent, but you guys are, I'm sure your approach is different. Like, you know, try these, here's this, here's that. What do you like? I mean, that's what I would be like as a, a parent, like just because I like hockey or I like this, that doesn't mean that the child's going to like it. And I feel like that's the way it was. It's like, well, I like this, so you're going to do this. You're going to get a trade. You're going to be an electrician. You're going to do this because that's what I didn't do or that's what I want to do. And I felt like that's the way it used to be. 
And I hope that's not the way it is nowadays, you know? Well, and I think that paradigm is shifting. You know, I struggled with a little bit of that. You know, that was part of my identity growing up. When Diego got old enough, I was hoping that he would get into sports. There was just a part of me that was like, maybe he'll be an athlete. My five-year-old has absolutely zero interest in sports. Like, Mm. no joke. And that was really hard for me. Like, that took me like six months of dealing with my own stuff to get through that. And it was funny because Clarissa, my wife, finally says one day, she goes, Team sports are overrated. <laughs> I just started laughing. And I thought, you know what? That is so true. There's a lot of other sports that are not team-based, and there's a lot of kids that enjoy those things, and like maybe that's just not for him. Mm-hmm. And so I made a choice that day. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to put any pressure on my kid for anything. I'm going to expose him to as many things as he wants, and then he can choose for himself what talks to him and what speaks to him with who he is as an individual. And you're right. I think that was a little bit of a generation-type deal, and I'm hoping that paradigm shifts and more parents are headed towards more of letting their child identify with with what speaks to them in their world versus trying to influence them of like you're saying, like you got to play football or you got to be, I mean, it could be something as simple as you're going to be a doctor when you grow up or you're going to play an instrument. Right. Yeah. There's, there's another interesting side to that too, though, that I look back in hindsight and I wonder also though, is that if my dad didn't push me to do those sports, I learned a lot from these team sports a lot. Like I look back now and I'm, I'm so grateful that I did because you learn, you know, teamwork, responsibility, how to get along with people, commitment. Like there is a lot of stuff you learn. So I look back and I go, you know, what if I didn't, maybe I would have feared away from things because I still get scared about things. And I wonder, you know, being in that environment, how much did that help? You know? So I always wonder because there's that like fine line, like that little push, although, Maybe it's not exactly what I wanted to do, but maybe it actually helped me at building things that I wouldn't have otherwise, you know? So mm-hmm. there's like that both, there's both sides to it. I feel like it's interesting, you know, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, you can kind of tell what the kid wants to do. And, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, a parent. So, I mean, you guys know better than me, but it's, it's challenging. There's no right or wrong in that, that regard, right? Buddy, when you become a dad one day, we don't have it any more figured out than you do, buddy. I yeah. promise. <laughs> I just don't. I better not have a daughter. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm going to get like four daughters right. for sure. That's, that's karma, right? <laughs> yeah. The world's going to speak I'll, I'll get four daughters for sure. That's funny. <laughs> Two sets of twin daughters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that, you know, in, in this conversation, David, I, I relate to you too. I mean... I, I have an idea. I do want my kids to play sports and I want them to play sports for all those reasons that you mentioned, Lance. And, uh, and I know that at the end of the day, they, they, and I want them to like whatever they're doing. And so, you know, I think there's a blessing in the sense that there's this plethora of different things that kids can experiment with. And there, there need, there's, there's sort of a healthy balance, I think, where for encouragement to help build confidence but also just knowing when to let go and, and knowing when to, to move on to something else. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like life, you know, we, yeah. we kind of have to sample a lot of different things to see where, where our interest lies. Yeah. And if we don't have that, you know, broader perspective, um, this is where we get stuck in tunnel vision and just moving yeah. down a certain path. It's like someone on a healing plan, 
and they keep doing the same thing over and over expecting different results, but they're, they're not coming. Right. Mm. So, you know, I think of like, again, going back to this word of adversity and, and where people get stuck and, you know, why things aren't shifting for them, you know, how, what a, what a powerful effect this has on your entire psyche. You know, you think of your brother or your dad or, or any, any different other family members that, that have, have, been in the place of adversity but not known that there's this wider angle lens that they can look through and, and see other alternatives so on on that note how how much do you think this plays a role in someone's health plan and, and getting getting healthier and and what are some some tools that you do for yourself to to maintain that state of health yeah i just think everybody i think we discredit humans in general are being powerful. I think we take away, people don't realize how powerful we are. Like we're these, we're amazing creatures. We can get through anything. We, we can, you know, like we've gone through our, through human history. We can get through anything, any situation, any problem, any health issue. I just think that belief in general, just to know that we can get through anything mm-hmm. is, is, is an amazing, is an amazing belief. And that's important for the first thing for me. Um, to keep that, I, I go very up and down, but I, for me, if I'm not eating right, if I'm not, or you guys know this more than anybody, if I, I'm one of those people that if I'm not watching what I put in my body, it affects my mood directly. Like, you know, if I was to eat a bunch of fast food pizzas and then for a couple of days and then, you know, you, we'd have this conversation, you'd, I'd be a different person. Mm-hmm. And that reflects all my choices all my conversations, how I feel, what I'm putting out there. So for me, I think it's so important to be mindful of what you put in your body. It's a no-brainer, obviously, right? Um, and what makes you feel good, you know, because not everything that I eat is going to make you feel great. And not everything, you know what I mean, vice versa. So I think people just need to really be aware on what they're putting in their body because it has a direct reflection to your brain. Right, like I mean, it's your what second brain is your your gut, as we all hear. And for me, that's one of the things that and 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 just being still, just meditation and practicing gratitude for me has been massive. So really, just having that discipline of, of meditation. You know, for me, I just like to sit still. I like to have no music. I put my earphones on. I just sit for half an hour, and it's really it's what I do when I first get up. And just yeah, and and try and you know do time restricted eating like you talk about nick like you know I, I i don't like to eat until later on because when i'm especially like i'm fasted i've only had bulletproof coffee today i can't stay in the zone mentally unless i'm unless i'm mindful of that so that that i think has a huge factor in how people get through problems and, and adversities too is that the same you could be dealing with these really big problems but the way you look at them and react is going to be different on and it's reflective of what you put in your body that day. I have a true I truly believe that. You know, the same problem that may have affected you yesterday when you're eating the burgers and the pizza and you get stressed and you go off on a loop, well you may be able to handle those better on you know, exercising, hydrating, have a sauna, have fasting a little bit, have good brain food, have a meditation. You're going to be able to take those problems and you're going to deal with them a lot better. So that's what I've learned. And that's what I hear is people are becoming a lot more aware that what you put in your body has a reflection on how you deal with situations in everyday life. And 
Um, I'm sure you can agree with me on that. Definitely. I mean, there's this concept of hormesis, right? Where you, you apply some pressure and it elicits a change in the body. So it's like exercise is a form of hormesis, high intensity interval training or whatever, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And then there's this relaxation phase where, where growth hormones rising up and everything else. And this can happen with breath work. It can happen with fasting. I mean, I'm on day three of my fast right now and I'm in, I'm in the middle of like brain fog and lethargy before day four starts to kick in. And, and in this concept of adversity again is really relating to that, that resilience that we can all build, but it requires some level of mental hormesis of meditation breath hormesis, temperature hormesis, exercise hormesis, something to trigger a change. And it ultimately is changing or it's opening your brain up to an opportunity for a state, a, a change of state. And ultimately when we're feeding that, like the, the chemical concoctions of modern food industry into our body, our hormones are all over the place, our neuropeptides are all over the place. And it's really hard to find that sense of stability where we can be resilient in our, in our daily lives. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I totally appreciate everything you're saying on that point. That's amazing. I I also can adm I admire you for being able to do that because yeah, I've gone through a lot of tough things in my life, but I've never been able to get through a three day fast. So how do you like you know what I mean? So you're building that resilience in a way that's and that's adversity too. Going getting through a fast and knowing that your body can go five days without food is like I haven't been able to do it yet, and that is something that I can imagine at the end of that that I would be like, I can do anything. You could go without food. That's been the hardest thing. It's that eight o'clock at night hits. I've talked to you about this before. I'm like, I'm a, I look all right. I'm in good shape. I'm just going to eat. Like, that's what happens, <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, why do I do this? Like, I was actually talking to Dr. Mindy about this too. It's like, it's that second day in or whatever it is. You're, you're thinking, why am I doing this again? And that itself is, is, is overcoming adversity of your own body. And, and it's in the most powerful tool that we have, right? So it, it, it's crazy how that itself is, is probably one of the most challenging things. Well, you know? there's, a, there's a balance between stoicism and hedonism, right? Yeah. We're always like wanting naturally to vibe towards hedonistic behavior, which, you know, Sitting on the beach, relaxing, drinking your margaritas, chilling out, and 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 a bounty of food in front of you. The stoic mindset really is one of you know adversity and challenge and and reframing what that actually means. And yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think you know for me because I have I mean there's there's been traumas and different things in my life too. But I think part of a fasting ritual is just to really build that discipline and, and adversity and resiliency in the mind because sometimes it sucks like day three sucks i'm not i'm not blissed out today at all you know tomorrow's gonna be better the next day's gonna be even better and yeah it's like those those habits and things of nighttime snacking or cuddling with your wife or, or whoever it is and just you know enjoying a dinner together and, and and there's so much joy that comes from food and but it's also like it's an emotional attachment right and so sometimes just stripping the body or the of of these emotional attachments really allows for that true joy, that essence of of what comes when food comes back in, or what, you know, social time, gatherings or whatever that is. But David, I mean, you're you're another faster too, so I mean, you can speak on this too. 
You know, the biggest thing I've seen with myself and, you know, I take these people through all these block fasts and just different versions where, you know, like you're saying, the adversity is massive, this mind-body connection, is I think it helps people kind of reconnect with what kind of connection they actually have with themselves. Like how much can they actually control their own behaviors? How much are they actually tapping into that on a daily basis? Because you look at something like simple, and I, I say simple, right, Nick? Like, because we've done these all the time, but it's not simple. The first one was rough. Yeah. But if you're struggling and you can't get through a five-day block fast, what does that say about a lot of other behaviors you have in your life and your inability to make those changes or yeah. to be able to control your behavior, or your impulses? So I think when people get through a five-day block fast and they finally do it and they're successful, it opens them up to this whole other world of change for themselves because they're like, oh, wow, well, I did that. Like Lance is saying, well, I can do this too now. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't seem as hard anymore because I just did this. So for me, it's more on the emotional end. I mean, yeah, you get the, all these benefits out of it from autophagy and you can reset DNA and your microbiome and, you know, inflammation, all these massive health benefits of why we do these things. But outside of that, I think as far as moving the needle for people to really make healthy changes in their life as a whole, from even a physical, emotional, biochemical stress type place, I think it's so important that everybody has to go through that process because it gives you back that empowerment of, of, of yourself of control of yourself mm -hmm. and for so many people man that's where they're struggling is they don't have control they don't have a governor on their behaviors and on their impulses and so i think that's for me i think it's the biggest thing that i've seen that it has the biggest benefit for people mm -hmm. yeah that's such a good perspective because even for myself my lack of focus lack of staying on on yeah and it all stems back to to eating the choices, right? If you can do that, then you, you know how you do one thing is how you do everything, mm -hmm. right? If you can control your body from the, from eating, then you're like, okay, can I do that? It's like the mental checklist, mm -hmm. right? And it's, yeah, what a perspective that is. And brother, I, I'm a huge foodie. I love food. Okay. My whole life, I, my mom cooked amazing food growing up. I grew up in the kitchen. Like I've had a large part of my life. There was big attachments to just food. But when I started fasting, doing block fasting, intermittent fasting, and making this a part of my lifestyle, I still love food, don't get me wrong, but I don't have this massive attachment to it anymore. It doesn't control my life. It doesn't run my day. I run my day. I decide when I want to eat, mm. right? And, yeah. and I still enjoy food and, and I travel. We go eat at nice places or things we don't get locally and stuff, but it's there's it's finally like fasting enabled me to like disconnect from food in that manner to where I felt like it was somewhat controlling me. And that's, that's right. That's priceless right there. Yeah. That's the ultimate overcoming adversity. <laughs> Something because uh, we have everything we need in our bodies. Like we're, that's why it comes back to how powerful we are. Nobody's giving you anything that you don't already have. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't that a crazy perspective when you think about it? You know, mm -hmm. trying to fill voids all over the place, go grab this, grab that, that, that person, that whatever. But it all, everything we have is here already <laughs> that we need. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, and, and that's, that's what you're getting out of the people you speak to as well, right? You're, yeah. you're seeing that, like, that's part of that common theme. Like, yeah. You're, you're seeing these conversations, right? Yeah.
So like yeah. for, for those people that, um, like, cause you obviously, you must be connecting with people that, that are, that, you know, maybe they don't make it on the show, but they're, they're stuck in their story. And how do you, I mean, you've, you've interviewed what a couple hundred people at this point. I mean, it's amazing how many people you've interviewed. Like, what do you, what's your frame of mind now when you speak to people that are, that are stuck in a, in a pattern? Ah, it's, it's, it kind of, it's, it's habits, I guess. It's, I just feel, I break down, you know, usually it's not even something that's that complicated. It's like, usually it's the most simplest thing. You know, it's, it's people just beat themselves up too much. I think about, about things. And I think, like you said before, people just get attached to, to stories and, um, and you know what it is, a big one is that I notice a lot from people that I don't, I, that I'm not that connected with, but I, I connect with them every now and then is, is, is how they speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, I suck at this. I do this. I, and like, it's constantly telling themselves they aren't and that they aren't enough. And it's like, well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, I even talked to my own mom and she's, she gets into this loop too, like talking negative about herself, negative. And I go, first of all, what do you think is going to happen if you speak like that to yourself? What do you, like, do you think anything's going to change? And I honestly think it's just the simplest things like the conversations, the be nice to yourself, mm-hmm. just be nice to yourself, forgive yourself. And, 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 and being nice to yourself is taking care of yourself, self-care by feeding yourself good food and, and just, you know, just not being too hard on, on yourself. And I, I feel like people that have realized that have been able to come out of that because it's that resistance. It's always the weeks that I'm less resistant that things just, un, that's just unfold better. The days that I, I'm too tight, I'm gripping the hockey stick too tight. You know, it's the same thing. I can't put the puck in the net. Things just need to flow. And I think it's just that general energy of people just need to let go and, and forgive themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd agree, man. You know, a lot of times when you see some of these things, I think we overcomplicate it of like, oh, it must be all this when sometimes the answer is very simple. Yeah. It's very, very simple. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> and right? I think we, it's just over our heads because we think, oh, there's no way it could be just that simple. There's no way that's all I have to do. I just have to change my habits and reinvent myself a little bit and then life will change for me. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But we get just stuck in this cycle, like you're saying, these people. And it's just, it's these habitual patterns that are just what they, who they think they are and what me is. And, and until that's broke, you break those cycles, like you said earlier, with your habits, that it's really hard to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And taking control of your day is important too, which I still struggle with, you know, not becoming reactive by just checking your phone as soon as you wake up. That has a massive effect on your day. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. I've, I've tried it. The days that I'm like, nope, I'm going to do this, this, all this is done before I turn my phone on. Everything in the day is just easier. And the yeah. days that I'm like, ah, I should check that email real quick. Boom. In that loop, going down that rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden you've lost control. It's 1 PM. See, for me, working from home is tough too, right? You guys, at least you go to your, your offices. And, but that, that is a thing for all the entrepreneurs listening out there is that's very important to take control because especially if you're working from home, you need to be able to um, program yourself so that you know you're not reacting and you're proactive to everything. And, and I find that is so massive and something so simple as not looking at your phone can completely change your day. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you said that because I mean that right there, 
putting your phone down or putting it away it could be like a massive test of adversity and resilience yeah and and i know in the past i used to do that i used to check my phone right when i woke up and and i realized i would i would start in my day with my wheels spinning without actually setting you know that intention for what i want for myself for the day and for my life and uh and i don't i, I don't actually check my email until i get to work yeah. and, and so that's like by the time I actually have time to sit down and actually look at emails in the day, it might be like 10, 11 o'clock and I love it. And it's cause I find even, you know, being a parent, your kids will keep you accountable. They'll like, dad, why are you on your phone? I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have my phone. You know, there, there's no need for me to be on this thing right now. And so I know when I'm with them too, I just, I make sure I put the phone away and I try not to, unless something is a little bit more urgent and needs, needs my attention. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll let them know that, listen, guys, I just have to write this email, this text, there's something with work I got to take care of. And I'll be right back with you in just a moment. I think even just acknowledging the people in your life, you know, with something as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back to some of your story. It's like when you, we had these life circumstances happen, you were living in Australia, your family was back home and you started to make some decisions because you felt like you were in a, in a place that, that wasn't serving you and your bigger, bigger vision of yourself. Um, you know, how do you, how do you take, or what, do, what are you doing regularly now to take that same kind of transition uh, that you took before into, into life as you go forward? And, and where do you see yourself like five years from now? Yeah, I've, it's the meditation and practicing gratitude completely changed. I used to be very negative. I come from a very, it's nobody's fault, but a very negative family, very fear-based negative family. And I just found that I can't, I, that wasn't, that didn't serve me. So having those daily practices, yoga as well, like I obviously um, experimented with Kundalini with you guys and it was amazing. Um, I, but I've also really brought yoga into my life just like, you know, um, vinyasa, just like the regular yoga. I don't even know what yoga, you know, the word yoga is, you know, Anyway, I, 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 I brought that in and that's really helped me balance. That in the last month has completely changed my, because I was just the, being boxing, weights, running, doing all this stuff to, to slowing down and actually feeling it. That has really helped me at feeling better in general. And just those mindful practices, I, that's, those are the things that I didn't ever, visualization, stuff like that, having affirmations positive programming, watching what I watched before I go to sleep. All this stuff has had a big impact of me over the last couple of years. Stuff that I didn't care about before. I didn't, wasn't paying attention to. And I just think the fact when people decide, somebody that may be in my position, it's just like you need to take, you need to just be accountable of what you're doing and understand that what you're doing is going to have, it's either going to bring you closer to your goal or away from your goal. Right? Mm -hmm. That's it, it really, that's at the end of the day. So I try and do those things right when I wake up and I feel for me, I have like that monkey brain that gets distracted very, very, very easily. So for me, that's, that's what that, those things, those slow, slowing things down and really being mindful has really helped me. Um, and I urge anybody that's kind of like me, it has similar story to, to take it because a lot of the guys I play hockey with, a lot of them would never have done any of that stuff. And I feel like a lot of them could probably benefit from slowing down and, being mindful and having those practices, mm -hmm. you know, and just even, you know, being a hockey player that just 
think of the trauma on your on your head yeah like, the, the amount of concussions. I mean, we've done brain mapping and stuff like that yeah my, my brain operated at a two out of ten or something literally two out of ten my brain is operating at like that. i'm sure it's improved a lot since then i don't know man <laughs> but i mean like that's that's something that another thing that people don't really pay attention to that you know coming from adversity is also playing contact sports david you play football i mean you, you talked about your concussions as well yeah i mean I look back now, seven massive concussions, like three of those in college, you know, and then you watch things like that movie with Will Smith concussion, you look at long-term effects and stuff. So I've, you know, I spent like probably the last golly 15 to 18 years just trying to work on my brain because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm afraid of what's down the road for me because of all that, that trauma in my head. Yeah. And yeah, man, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, it's done. So what, I, I can only try to put it back together at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a massive adversity. And you see, oh man, you just see so many people that are struggling, I think, ex-athletes because of stuff like that. Yeah. And that's scary stuff. Um, but it is, a, it is a massive. How many people get stuck into the reality that, oh, that was a past. It's not influencing me now. You know, if they knew better, right? If they knew what we knew, and it's so hard to like convey that picture. I mean, I have teenage kids that are have concussive damage, and they come into me, and I have to tell them like, "Look, you can't play the next couple of weeks." And they just kind of look at me like, "Why not? I feel fine." But we're doing all these assessments and tests, and they can't pass them because they're still showing trauma. And and how do you convey that to somebody? Yeah. You know, I remember the docs looked at me. They just shined a light in my eyes. Oh, you'll be fine. I went back to practice the next week. Mm. I probably still had trauma the whole next week, and I was hitting full contact again because they weren't paying attention to this stuff. And now we know better. And yeah. so it's just a different game like, you, like we were talking earlier, right? Like we know better now with what we know. So for our kids' generation, it's going to be different. Mm. Yeah. Like I don't even know – from being punched in the face like we we're you know i was a teenager fighting bare fists with with grown men like it's like what yeah <laughs> how's that allowed and i i feel like i don't even know the repercussions i mean look at my brain map i did i, I don't know there's my prefrontal cortex i think was not who knows what that's from all the years of partying too like you come you, you combine that with like punches to the head i mean people like myself i mean then you really got to pay attention to what you eat you know like mm -hmm. Like these things, it's, it, you're right. You don't know what's going to down the road. We don't know what, and, and to, the fact that that's even allowed in sports, just, it's not, it's very limited now, but it's crazy. And 20 years from now, we're going to go, wow, that's not, I can't believe that was even allowed, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the science coming out now. Lots of enforcers in hockey, you know, died because of like such clinical depression and such, well, from suicide or like other reasons right? That nobody realized at the time was going to happen. And well, yeah. I just heard a story the other day from a brother-in-law that Donald Brashear, who got hit by Marty McSorley and, and exited um, hockey, he, he works at Tim Hortons now. What? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, apparently he's, there was, there was a big write-up on him and, and he was, he's, he's happy and he's, you know, he's living his life or whatever. But this is, this is a, an unfortunate reality for, for a lot of, different individuals with these head injuries and oh my and sometimes it's correlated back and sometimes it's not you know and and i mean you think of the general population and i mean this is a big message of adversity as well like when, when when you've had trauma in your life 
you got to do something about it. You got to investigate. You got to run those tests, you know, like do your blood work, find out what's going on. And it's all part of getting out of this stuckness that so many people are just in in response to or in, or in reaction to. And then, you know, it's not a big surprise why people just get into that hedonistic behavior and just, you know, drink their face off on the weekends and indulge in fast food and what have you, because their, their level of awareness is just not where it could be. And just yeah. that baseline. It's like you said, you need good food at least to, because your, your brain just doesn't operate in the same kind of way. You're not as happy. You're not as, you know, feeling abundant. So it's huge yeah. stuff. So I, I, I didn't get to hear, or we didn't get to hear like, sort of where, where do you want to take this message? Like what, what's, What's the next, what's the evolution of, of Lance and, and your business and everything you're doing? Well, the, my vision, I put it out there in the universe a few times. I might as well just be bold with it. Yeah. You know, I want to have this as like, you know, I, I want it to be a TV show. I want it to be massive, like, you know, or something like Tom Bilio's show in Canada. You know, there's not a lot of that in Canada. I want to, I really want to make impact. You know, I want to be the place where people go to share their stories I want it to be massively impact lives. Um, I just want it to grow, you know, and I want to continue to allow it to be the place where people get through adversity, you know, and with the business, um, you know, I want to help bring podcasts to life to people that don't have the time to, to, you know, to dick around with it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the thing is like, I wouldn't have started this on my own. I had to bring help. I had to get help to start because I just couldn't have done it myself. So I want to be able to do the same. So that's what we're doing. We provide podcasts for people, take care of all the heavy lifting, allow the fun without all the work. And that's what I want to do, expand and allow people to eventually figure out ways to monetize their shows, you know, through big companies and big sponsorships to be able to connect them because we're the new media now, right? Mm -hmm. um, I believe that people's shows are valuable enough to be able to create an income, whatever way that may be, I think things are changing and I want to help that. So I just love the whole space. I love this. This is amazing. Like our technology, we're using it in a positive way that can impact, you know, millions at some point, you know, and even if one person hears something and they have that one shift and make a different decision that changes their life. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the, that's the gold. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I love having control of having my show and being able to I don't mean control in a bad way. I just mean being able to go, okay, I can be me. I can do what I'm good at and I can bring whatever, extract the gold out of somebody else and share that. That's, that's what I love. So just want to expand. Don't be going off for an hour about it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it uses out of you, Lance. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really amazing to see how much, I mean, you put a lot of a ton of work into to your podcast and making it grow and reaching as many people as you have and, being bold and I mean I, I'm just sort of like laughing inside thinking you know you a year ago like when I when I when you were just going through the launch of your your podcast remember you talking about the different guests you want and you've had a lot of those guests on your podcast I mean it's yeah. just it's amazing to see you know even for you thinking back you know where you where you were a year ago when you're when this idea was you know birthing out of your mind uh just where you are now and so that's amazing so Thanks, I, I do. I want you to share more about how people can get in touch with you, um, all the different platforms, because there's a lot of people out there with amazing stories that they want to, you know, do it, do what you're doing. And if they could partner up with you and uh, and you can create that platform to help them get their voice out, that's amazing. So, 
Let us know. Yeah, I would just, I to make it super, super easy for anybody, just go to my Instagram. Hit me up on Instagram, Lance WCOs. Just everything is there. You can email me. We're working on websites and stuff right now. So I wouldn't even, you know, for me, it's like you can go, you can see what we're up to. You can see what I do with my show. And, you know, we can have the conversation from there. I feel like that's easy. It's kind of like the resume of today. Mm-hmm. So to speak, you know, I just feel like instead of sending people to too many places, University of Adversity, my podcast is on there so you can see my show and you can ask me any questions about your know, services and our our new program is going to be up soon. It's just been, you know, getting websites and stuff dialed in has been a bit of a, we've had a transition, but uh, mm-hmm. as of right now, I would say that's the best way. Okay. And we're going to put all your stuff in our show notes as well so people can access your information. Um, and we always leave people with a little home play exercise, something to you know adopt in their lifestyle or their, their life, or try something out. Um, do you what? What would you recommend to the people watching? To you know, I'm sure it has something to do with adversity, but please share. Well, they got to join your guys's programs first of all, right? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys are are living to lead it, and you guys are doing amazing work. By the way, I just want to say thank you and. To be able to share space with you guys, this is amazing. Um, I, uh, yeah, I would just urge to be, just if you're, how do I even, if what you're doing isn't working, especially your daily habits, if you find yourself getting out of control, just slow it down and and just be try and working on something really simple as as meditation or, and meditation can sometimes get confusing for people. I would just suggest listening to some music and sitting still. You know, calm, just just sit in a place, write, journal a little bit, start real simple. That's what I did. I can only speak about what I did. Something that simple, journaling, gratitude, whatever you need to do to like calm down, have that routine, whether it's grab a coffee, put some music on, sit still, write in a journal. That's a huge win. And from there, there's so many other things, but some sort of practice, daily practice, you know, make your bed, go do that. Do those kind of real simple things, they build confidence for your day. And eventually, um, you start to program yourself to be grateful and you're thankful of what you have instead of what you don't have. So, again, I can only speak for what's worked for me. So, I, I would definitely encourage people to do that. Sounds like a good time to me, man. Coffee, some tunes, and some stillness and journaling. Yeah. Bring it on right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Like, how many people yeah. don't do that, right? Just take that yeah. little bit of time, even if it's just 10 minutes. Like, yeah. so many people, from the moment they rise to when they hit that pillow at night, they don't even take that for themselves. So that is a great start. It's great yeah. advice. It's such a good feeling to be like, I've done it. I've got my stuff done. Now I can turn my phone on. It's like, uh, I'm in control, you know? Yeah. Instead of, oh, chasing, chasing the day, like, oh, I got to, you know, get into that, that mode, you know? And that, that, those simple things have helped, ch- helped change my life completely. So. Yeah, I love that. Simplicity. That's awesome. Lance, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, buddy. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's like talking to a brother. Um, yeah. We, we love you deeply. Uh, my wife and I think so highly of you. And it's funny, uh, just in a conversation we had the other day, uh, Sonia was like, oh, she feels like my little brother. I just want to make sure he's okay. And <laughs> I love you guys too, man. Yeah. I, uh, you guys are doing amazing work. And um, yeah, it's, you give a good example for people you know, on how to do it all, the full spectrum of 
being a great parent, how to lead by example, how to show up in business. And there's just so many amazing things. So again, I, I feelings mutual. So thank you. Thank you, brother. Great connecting again. We love you, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you so much, man. I got to get you on my show next. Yeah. I've had Nick sure. on, so. It'd be fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Have an awesome day. Be good, Thank guys. you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.